it's Amy. Welcome back to Big Fish Little Pod. In this episode, we talk about seekers and what it means to seek God through different traditions. Different spiritual traditions offer techniques and rituals and practices for their congregants or practitioners to connect with God. In a funny little twist during the recording of this podcast, I was in one room recording while my husband, Janardin, was in another room practicing one of his rituals for connecting with God. That ritual involves ringing a bell in front of an altar. And as you may have guessed, you can actually hear that bell during part of the podcast. So I just encourage you when you hear the bell in the background to think of how different seekers are trying to connect in different ways. And I hope that it will serve as a reminder for you rather than a distraction. Thank you so much for your support in Big Fish Little Pod. We're just loving doing it, and we hope that you all are enjoying it too. Here we go. So, welcome back to Big Fish Little Pod. We're so glad every week that you can join us. We wanted to talk today about seekers because I consider myself a seeker. Now, back in the 17 and 1800s, there was a group of people. They never became a denomination because that's something that they abhorred. And they, they never attached themselves to any official group. But they were they were known as seekers and many people thought they were a branch of the quakers because many of them became quakers but you could be a seeker and that didn't stop you from joining another church or denomination but throughout history there's always been a group of people that didn't fit the normal religious thought and group of the day, but that believed in an incarnational God who who would lead them, guide them, shape them, and in quotes, speak to them and and kind of lead them on on the journey of life. And that's what a seeker is. And so I wanted to just out myself as a seeker um, <laughs> um, because that's who I am at heart when it comes to anything spiritually. I just want to know God, to look for God, to hear God in quotes, and to do the things that I feel God wants us to do without a whole lot of trappings around that. I think as we talk today, we might identify all sorts of groups that are seekers. Um, I think you can have them in the yogi community, and I think you can have them in the Catholic Church. Matter of fact, I have some friends who whisper to me on the side and they say, we're secret fans of Big Fish Little Pod because they didn't they don't think that as a Catholic they're supposed to be, but they are. They're really seekers. They're people who are just looking for for God in all places and in their way of responding to God. That's how I guess I would identify a seeker. So I think they can be found in every denomination, in every philosophy, in every lifestyle choice. People who don't necessarily buy into everything, but are just seeking to where they can share life. Yeah, 
a couple things came up for me. I think one is the interesting um, link that you just automatically did, which I did in my own mind, which is between kind of seekers and secrecy. <laughs> like, you know, like the... Interesting. Because I was thinking like, yeah, I would also describe myself as a seeker. And in many ways, that has been something that I have had to grow into because I was afraid to share that with certain communities that I was a part of. Interesting. And so it's interesting that you made that same connection with some people who have said like, oh, by the way, we're all actually listening to your podcast. I mean, it's funny, but I have had that experience a lot (laughs) where either like I'm in kind of a new age or yoga or alternative circle of spiritualist. And I, I'm afraid to talk about how I read the Bible and actually really consider myself a follower of Jesus or very much so that I'm in a Bible study or sitting in a church pew and don't share that I actually live in an intentional spiritual community that's not Christian based. So I think it's interesting that so many of us, I think, could identify as seeker. Right. Yet somehow there's a secret about it. Yeah. Which is sad because... Those are the people that I want to talk with much more than I do people that are entrenched in anything. Right. You know? Yeah. I think it's, it's taken me a long time to come to a place where I'm comfortable with the fact that I don't fit into one specific religious category. And I know that I have had to untrain myself to spin things um, in the way that I describe them so that the person in front of me feels comfortable. You know? yep. I think it's my unfortunate nature sometimes that I just want to tell you the thing that will make you feel at ease instead of telling you the truth. Right. And I think sometimes that's really to my own disadvantage because I don't share with the person different aspects of my relationship with God because I don't want to be judged by them or to make them uncomfortable. Right. And it could right. very well that be that I'm actually looking at a mirror image of myself and I don't even know it because I am not willing to share. Yeah. Well, you're, you're a lot better than I am because when I'm in those situations, I honestly don't think about making other people uncomfortable um, as much as I don't want to get their judgment. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, I just, you know, I have what I believe. I can talk their language, and I'd prefer to talk their language, not to make them more comfortable. I don't think, but but so that I don't get sent to hell again, or try to get have them try to convert me, or to show me the error of my ways, or whatever. So you're a lot better than I am because you at least think the on those lines. Yeah, for me, it's a know? selfish motive, too, because if the other person is uncomfortable, then you have to deal with that, right? <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I don't know. I guess I wonder, yeah. I mean, why do, what do you think that comes from? Is it a result of our culture? Is it because we're... I mean, why would it be that seekers, which I think, if I'm understanding you correctly, is kind of someone who doesn't necessarily color within the lines of one organized religious tradition why 
why would seekers right. not be as comfortable being open in general in our culture? Um, again, I think it has to do with judgment. I mean, if if you're a pro-choice person in the Catholic Church, the stance is so anti-abortion that you're just setting yourself up for for a a lecture, you know? And in the Baptist church back in the 50s more than now, if you were seen in a liquor store or a bar, you were going to get a temperance lecture because Baptists didn't drink and didn't associate, didn't enter into establishments where people drank. And if you were in many denominations and let people know that you actually are in a, in a non-Christian community, well, they're going to try to save your soul. Yeah. I think, I guess what's hard for me is like, because you, you get it on both sides. There's this Christian pastor who I especially like his approach named Andy Stanley. You and I have talked about him. And he always says to his ministerial students, assume they're in the room. Right. And what he means is when you're preaching, when you're in small groups, when you're in Bible study, always assume that non-believers are in the room. So no matter how you speak, like always, always say things like, and if you're not a Christian, yep. you can understand this maybe from this perspective. Or if you reference something in the Bible that you assume everybody knows from Sunday school classes, like, no, assume that the non-believer is in the room and I actually do that the opposite way in a lot of the yoga circles I'm in and I assume that the traditionally religious person is in the room (laughs) because so many times in alternative spiritual circles you actually get a lot of people who are super anti-Christian or anti-whatever religious tradition they grew up in and so then they come into the room and they're really um negative and right. just openly right. negative about Christianity or about Judaism or about Islam or wherever their family yeah. uh, tradition comes from and so I think it also comes from that side too yeah I, I I agree I would agree yeah and it's hard because I think at least for myself like one of the amazing things that came up for me in my kind of winding spiritual path has been that, I hesitated for many years to go deep into any one of the traditions that I found attractive because I was kind of worried about isolating myself from the other traditions and the other groups of people that I had formed relationships with. And then what I found was when I started to go really deep into one, it actually just deeply uh, supported my love and affection for the others. Yeah. So like that combination has actually made my faith stronger in all areas. And I hope that ultimately that's the way pursuing spiritual truth is, you know, that no matter what area you look into, if you're pursuing that, the things you, that come to light are light and light, you know, transfers to any thought process. I guess the thing that makes me a seeker is that I believe all religion, all religion, all 
human philosophies are human bound. They're they're created by human beings and and they're limited by our human thought. And that's enough to get me thrown out of half of them. Yeah. You know, because half of them will tell you they're divinely inspired, which I believe, but divinely inspired to me does not mean they're divinely formed. <laughs> you know, that everything about them is absolutely right. And I don't need a religion that is absolutely right. I don't need that. Matter of fact, I don't respect any religion that thinks they're absolutely right. Because I don't think in our human minds we can conceive of or actualize anything that completely captures God, you know? Yeah, Yeah. that reminds me of this thing I saw online the other day, and it's, I have no idea, I did not research it, so I have no idea if the facts are right, but I can appreciate the sentiment, which was, there are 4,000 religions on earth. Some people think all 4,000 are wrong, and some people think 3,999 are wrong. (laughs) And it made me so, like, mad, actually. Because I just thought, like, why are those our two options? Why are our two options that, like, religion is all false and, like, all of it is wrong? Or our other option is, like, my religion is right. Like, because I just don't relate to that at all. Like, I have just never related to this idea of, like, this is the only way. And I think... I actually have yet to find a spiritual tradition where the followers don't tell me that their way is the only way. And it's so disappointing. Like I always think like, Oh, I really relate to this. Oh, this really works for me. I really like this practice. And then like the first person to tell me like, yeah, this is actually the best way to God. I'm always like, come on. Like, why did you have to go there? Like, Hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, and maybe there, maybe there is, I have no idea, maybe there is a best way to God. You know, the problem with me as a Christian pastor is that I read, you know, the passage, you know, I Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me differently than other people who say that Christianity is the only way to God. You know, so when you told the story about the the 3,999 are wrong, I don't hear wrong as meaning they're completely no good. I just read that 4,000 as they're all missing something. They're not complete. Because you just can't capture God in our human thoughts. So so the difficulty for you and I who are pursuing um, spiritual leadership is how can you propose a system for people to follow that you know is not complete? 
Well, I, I think that that's a super valid question, but I don't even feel like I'm at the place where I would say, I know that they're all incomplete. Because I feel like I don't even, I feel like that's not even a position I'm willing to take. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because someone is going to argue to me like, well, actually mine is complete, you know, and that's fine with me. (laughs) Like, it's totally cool with me if your understanding and your experience of your religious path is that it is complete. Like, fine, you know, but I guess for me, like, the fact that yours is complete doesn't mean that someone else's is incomplete or doesn't necessarily mean that someone else's isn't also complete. Do you know what I mean? Right. I do know what you mean. I guess I'm uh, like, you're saying like, actually like we are incapable of having a right one because we're not capable as humans to have, have created that system or have even understood that system or have, been able to even maybe write down that system or channel that system or whatever but i'm not even willing to say that if i think it very well could be that there is a complete and right and perfectly channeled without any mistakes religious system on earth i'm i guess i'm just not wearing one team's sweatshirt yeah and see if that's true for for me if that's true if i believed that then I would be in search of the perfect system. Yeah. Yeah. Because I would say there is one out there and I need to find it because yeah. that's what I want. Well, you know, that's funny because that's that could mean that maybe there's different categories of seekers because that reminds me of when I went to Australia and I started in Sydney and I had planned to move around to different places, but I just loved Sydney so much. I didn't want to leave it. And people kept telling me like, but you love cafes and you love like this type of music and you love like these types of people. You would love Melbourne. You should go to Melbourne. It's the perfect place for you. But I liked Sydney so much that I didn't want to go to Melbourne and like Melbourne more. Right. So I literally never went to Melbourne. Like, I lived in Australia for a year and a half, and I never went. So it's interesting because, like, for me, the fact that there may be a perfect system out there, a perfect and complete system, I actually have no drive or desire to go find it. Interesting. I don't have that at all. Interesting. Yeah. For me, like, I'm I'm seeking, but not in that kind of – I don't feel like I'm seeking in a linear way like that. Yeah. And see, I'm not seeking that way either. Right. I said, if I believed that there was one system, then I would feel driven to find that. But I think we all have our wonderful points and we all have our opportunity to lead someone closer, deeper into a relationship with the light, with life, with God, with Christ, with yeah. Buddha, with what, whoever. But what I'm a seeker of is I'm a seeker of, in the old Jewish thought, the one who can't be named. You know, I'd like to know the one that by even giving a name to that God, yeah. I've already weakened him. Yeah. And and see, I couldn't help but say him right. because then it becomes anthropomorphic. And 
And that's a weakness because I have to put it into my thought rather than getting my thoughts into God's thoughts. No. So are we like really esoteric at this point? Wait, you mean for our audience? (laughs) Do esoteric? I don't know. Yeah. Just being myself. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think think the funny thing is, is... I guess religion is so, I was going to say a touchy subject, but maybe it's just that people are so invested. It's so important to them. It's actually just a really valued subject. Because the thing is, like, your feeling of limiting God by putting even a gender on him. For others, like, the lack of gendering and specificity is actually limiting God. Right. Because it's impersonal. Right. So for other traditions around the world, like images of God and descriptions of his life and where he grew up and what he does and, you know, like his kind of stories on earth or in heaven or that is like if you're stripping God of all of those things, that's actually limiting to God. Right. And if you're if you're calling God she, mm-hmm. there are some people that just can't enter there, right. you know, but. In reality, there's an awful lot of people who have been abused by fathers mm-hmm. that can't have a God in that terms either, right. you know? Um, and I understand giving God human qualities the most divine of that they can be, but so that we can identify. But I also want to just admit that as soon as I do that, I'm pretty close to making God in my image rather than having God make me in God's image. Yeah, but I mean, it could, again, it could just be argued the opposite, couldn't it? I guess. That like you are, you are made in God's image, that you're not putting any kind of description, human description on God, but that that's how he or she actually is. And that's why we are like how we are. Yeah, but right. So so God's like which one of us? There's so many. I mean, it's like the famous like elephant and blind men story, right? That's what we're playing. Here. Right. I love that story. So I think everybody knows that story, but the idea is like the there's five blind men, an elephant walks in, each blind man grabs one part of the elephant and they're all start to describe the elephant and one says the elephant is like a hose and that one's holding the trunk and one says no the elephant is like a tree trunk and that one is holding the leg and one says like no the elephant is like a whip and that one's at the tail and then they're all arguing how is the elephant and then the elephant moves and they all get a different piece of the elephant and so yeah I mean I think that's and then there are again even that doesn't (laughs) doesn't solve all these problems because one or many traditions also say like yeah yeah that's fine for you guys but we actually see the whole elephant right we're not blind (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. so yeah i mean maybe this conversation is the exact reason why seekers don't really come out about their willingness to be um open because when you get into it i mean I think you and I are somewhat unique in that neither of us really mind being accused of being wrong. Like you and I aren't really right. who debate kind right. of to the death. Right. I used to. Did you? I used to. Yeah. When I was in my twenties, I I used to think I knew all the answers. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I guess when you were in your twenties, I was one. Yeah. <laughs> 
I don't remember that version of you. No. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I don't. I don't really. I don't mind someone not understanding me, or I don't mind someone thinking that I'm dumb. You know. Right. Um, right. So I'm kind of okay with losing the argument, but I yeah. think yeah, if you don't accept completely like a set of rules or a system, then I think you do get into these nuanced conversations that can be really challenging because mm-hmm. I know I couldn't win this argument against somebody who really knew their theology or had really good religious literacy or was really capable right. of arguing a point. Right. You know? Right. I guess things began to open up for me when I said I got to the point where I could say I just trust I trust God. I don't trust that I know enough. I don't even trust that I know all the right things. I just know that I trust God and God said if you seek, you yeah. will find. If you ask, you will receive. If you knock, the door will be open. I'm willing to base my eternal life yeah. on something that I can't prove and something that I don't even have yeah. to know the right answer for because I trust God enough that God will give me yeah. what I do need today. Yeah. To make the decisions that I have to make, yeah. you know? Yeah. I think that's kind of the theology that you and I both have, which is it all actually just comes down to a personal relationship with God for both of us. Yeah. So then I think you and I have actually discussed this before, maybe in a Bible study or like you and I both really love Andrew. So then if someone came to us and said like, actually Andrew just murdered someone or actually Andrew was like said this horrible thing like racist thing in public or you know these things that we just don't believe that about andrew right we just don't believe he's capable of that right. we know him we know who he is like we know and we know that like if for some reason that did happen it's somehow understood or he had some kind of psychotic break or something because we know yeah. who he really is right and maybe that's just like super pompous of us to think that we also know that about god but i guess i feel like, I really do have a personal relationship with God. And so all these ways that we try to describe him or these ways that we try to come closer to him, like, I kind of support them all and also don't feel especially tied to one in particular because what I feel tied to is my daily, lifelong, eternal relationship with God. Right. Which kind of goes beyond all those other things. Yeah, I think so. You know, and the people that I've met along the way that intrigue me, that I admire, that I enjoy, that I respect are people that have very fundamental beliefs, but also are seekers (laughs) because they say, well, I know this or I think I know this, but I'm still looking for what's bigger, better, farther along, beyond, more inclusive. And I love engaging with those people. So this week, please know that if you're 
in an organization, a thought process, a group, um, a philosophy, a religion, a church, and you feel like maybe you don't have all the answers, or maybe your group is wrong about this one thing, know that you're not alone and that it's okay to still love what you're in without having to swallow everything they want you to have. so much for listening to this episode of Big Fish Little Pod. We are having such a great time making this podcast and we're really appreciating all of the feedback and input that we get from you. Please comment on the podcast post on my dad's Facebook page or send us an email at bigfishlittlepod at gmail.com. Thanks. See you next time.